0: Uh, John chapter 4, look on the fields, titled the message, it's appropriate for the day. In this passage, uh, right at the beginning of chapter 4, we find that Jesus finds his disciples hungry. You ever been hungry? Say, preacher, yeah, you nailed me. I'm hungry right now. Uh, We'll let you out here by 1230 or 1. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I, I understand the time, and I took a lot of that time, and so uh, I'll, and, and we, we have both ordinances this morning. Praise the Lord. God gave a church the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. This is, this is a testimony to Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and so we're thankful for that. And uh, so, we're going to observe the Lord's Supper this morning. Also, we're going to observe the other ordinance, and that is a baptism. We have a young lady and maybe others that are going to follow the Lord in believer's baptism. So, uh, a great day, great day, and we thank for it. Thank the Lord for it. Let's go to him in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm not here to rush your Holy Spirit. I'm here to surrender. Lord, I want to rush... Mark Sears out of the way. Lord, I, I, I want to even hush Volusia County Baptist Church to a point that we'll have a humble heart surrendered to Thee. Lord, now You just take and direct as You see fit. Thank You for Your precious Word. Nourish us, I pray, with it. And Lord, we pray that You do all these things to glorify Jesus Christ and lift Him high. In His wonderful name we pray. Amen. Chapter 4, verse 1, the Bible says, When therefore the Lord, John chapter 4, verse 1, When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. I'd like to call to your attention the personal condition of Jesus. As we're looking on the field, sometimes we, we find ourselves viewing everything through our own condition, our own personal condition. Uh, there are times that emotionally, spiritually, physically, Our condition is less than optimal. You have to understand that that Jesus was being criticized. Listen, please. He was being criticized because he was winning people to the the Father. He was bringing them to a place of repentance. We would say we were uh, winning them to Christ. And there are people that were criticizing because he was having more disciples than John the Baptist did. You ever feel torn up inside? I believe that Jesus was torn up inside because of disunity of, of his people. In a church, boy, we need to have the mind of Christ. We need to have a, a unity of heart. We need to have a, a motive and a love for the Lord, a love for his word, and a love for the lost. And, and, and he was torn up inside. And so instead of arguing, <laughs> instead of trying to defend himself... You know, the the claim was that he was baptizing and gathering more disciples than John the Baptist. He said, the passage says here that that Jesus uh, had his disciples baptizing. He wasn't even doing it. And, And you know, people are going to misrepresent you. They are. And that's going to be Satan's tool, Satan's way. Any way he can discourage you. If you ever feel misrepresented, then, then uh, you, you might just take heart in the misrepresentation that the media dishes out a lot of times. The misrepresentation and all, all that t- takes place. But you know what? Jesus decided, I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to slow down. It may be that he can't continue on with this group of people, but he's going to continue on for God in God's will with another group of people. And so he, he, he just keeps on going. His personal condition was that he was torn up inside. Some of you may be torn up still from Journey Through Christmas. <laughs> Somebody may have hurt your feelings. Somebody may have told you to do something that you didn't really want to do, and you thought they were bossing you around, and and you were wondering where everyone else was, and and you're out there filling up holes where those posts are, and you're thinking, where's the other 400 people of Valuci County Baptist Church? You know, and you're torn up inside. Jesus was torn up inside, and he continued to look on the fields. He wasn't just torn up. He was tired out. He was tired out. We see that in verse 6. Now, Jacob's well was there, Jesus therefore, being wearied with his journey. Understand something. The Bible never exaggerates. The Bible always takes the, the low road, you know, and, and, and presenting anything. I'm not, not exaggerating. Uh, good to see the bucks here. How's your baby? Amen. God bless you. Amen. Good to have the veals here, uh, back, back down here. Uh, I'm sorry. Just little little, little quick things here. Uh, seeing, some, seeing some folks. Um, He's wearied. He was tired. It's It's the sixth hour, the Bible says, that's high noon. Sun's beaten down, and he sees Jacob's well. Jacob, he got a new name, by the way. He got a name of Israel, meaning prince with God, trickster, sham artist. God changed his life and changed his name. Say, well, I wish I got a new name when I got saved. You know, I wish I, all that changed. And the, hey, you do have a new name. And only you and Jesus knows the new name. And one day he's going to tell you his new name for you when he sees you face to face. Isn't that going to be great? A special name, a pet name, a loving name that your Savior gave to you. He gave this name to Jacob. And I, I just wonder, as he, as he sat there at Jacob's well, and he thinks back when, by the way, you know who it was that wrestled with Jacob right there in the Holy Land? You know who it was that wrestled with him? It was Jesus himself. You see, he received worship, and no angel would receive worship. And he blessed Jacob. Jacob. You know, folks, we need God's blessing in 2020. Our families need God's blessing. Our church needs God's blessing. Let us never think for one moment that we've got life by the tail. May we never think for one moment, no no matter how many zeros you have, it's all important if you have at least a one or two uh, in that number, But, but no matter how many digits your bank account represents, you can wake up tomorrow... And the stock market has gone through the basement and the banks are all locked and all the funds are gone. And the only thing that you have is the money in your wallet and the things in your home. That's all that you can guarantee yourself. It happened before it could happen again. Please don't put your trust in the things that you've amassed and that you've gathered. Put your trust in Almighty God. Put your trust in the one who holds tomorrow. We need God's blessing. And I wonder if Jesus was just remembering there at Jacob's well, the life that was changed, a nation that was formed. And he's just sitting there, and here comes a woman. Now he's torn up, he's tired out. You know, he's already got his spiritual card punched. Already you know, a lot of people think I've already been to church Sunday morning. I don't need to come but to come back on Sunday night. You know, you don't need to come back on Sunday night. (gasps) Preacher said it. Write it down. (laughs) We're having King's Brass tonight. Been there. Done that. Heard them. So you were already planning on not coming back tonight for King's Brass. You know what? You probably don't need to. Let me tell you why you should come back. Because there's somebody else that needs you to be here. There's somebody else that needs you to be here. I want to be careful about this. I want to be kind and loving and compassionate about this. You know, you realize that last Sunday night we had just as many visitors in the church service as we had regular church folk in the church service last sunday night you know i can rent that film you can you can i tell you what you'd miss you'd miss the laughter of everybody else that 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 something slipped by you because you you were thinking about uh what you had to do the sniffles back there around you that made you feel better about the tears running down your cheeks <laughs> Do you know when these first-time visitors came back from Journey Through Christmas to see the film? They needed to have you shake their hand, look them in the eye, and say, it is so good to have you here today with us at our church. Please come back. I know this is a film, but come back for regular church service. It's exciting. The music is a blessing. And, I mean, look into the Word of God. you it plugged into a class, and please would you come back. you know what that would do? That would have an impact on someone for eternal soul, for eternity, because you came back and you didn't need to. But somebody else needed you to be here. We're going to have more of those those guests, more of those visitors, God willing. Who knows? I don't know. I always grew up this way. I always grew up being, being taught, if the doors are open, have your seat in the seat. Find a place to serve. Okay, enough of that. His personal condition, he was torn up, he was tired out, and here comes this lady. Here comes this visitor. <laughs> she walks up there, and she's got a pot. She's going to uh, put water from, from the well. And he asks her, says, may I have a drink? And she points out something to him that he does not have anything to draw with, and it's a long way down. So he had to ask, may I, have, may I please have a drink? and there was some some uh, a common need when you're talking with someone about Jesus Christ it's it's very wonderful when god gives you a point of common need and they're discussing some things discussing the water his personal condition and, and we see in this passage and i wish that you would that you would dig into this and and take it home and read over it because it's just it's just filled with richness we don't have time to go into all of it but but i want to point out the powerful connection that he made he told her a past He told her her past. Now, the Lord Jesus knew specifically her past. But listen, please. We can identify with a common need with every person on planet Earth. Our past is the same as anyone else's past. We're a sinner who deserves to go to hell. That's my past. That's my condition. It's a point of common need and so he used this as, as an opening about, about the watering. He begins talking about the living water that he would give. May I tell you something? The living water is right here. All through the, the Word of God, uh, the Bible is pictured in many different ways, in many different types. But one of the most common types or pictures of, of, of the Bible is water and how the water, it, 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 will, it will wash us. And that's why it's so important not just to read a verse or to read just a, a little devotional. daily breads are wonderful, but but get under the spigot now now folks, when I was in Africa on a mission trip, um, we had a barrel, and you know uh, we had we had no shower. and so you you take the barrel and I, I took my wash rag, you know and I, I I cleaned everything you know I possibly could, you know and when I got home, it was so wonderful. Just wonderful. I prefer a shower, some of you prefer a bath. But to be immersed in water, what a what a joy that was. And when we're reading through the Bible, and I encourage you to do that in 2020, I encourage you to make it a, a, a goal that this year you're gonna read it through again. Some of you have read it every year. Praise the Lord, some of you two or three times in one year. Praise the Lord, don't quit. But it'd be a wonderful thing for those who have never read the Bible from, from cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation. It'd be wonderful for you to be able to say to someone who says, you know, the Bible's full of contradictions. Oh, really? Boy, thank you for telling me that. I have read it through and through from cover to cover. I, I missed those contradictions. Would you please show me? I missed that. Well, well, I don't know where it is. Uh, just, everybody knows that. Oh, well, I, I've, I've read it. Have you read the Bible all the way through? Well, uh, no, no. Well, I have. Let me tell you what it says. It's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing. And so when, when, when he's, he's telling, her, he's telling her, her past and then truth for the future, Uh, Her past had to do with, with, uh, uh, she'd had five husbands, the Bible says. She'd had five husbands. I thought about this, wondered about it. She must not have been an ugly lady. She snagged five guys. And if they died, well, that's frightening. Next. But if they died, then she had, you know, probably inheritance with each one. So, so she, you know, she, she's pleasant to be around, and she seemingly has all that she needs financially, you know, and and uh, uh, she's pretty well set. He told her a past. And the Bible tells us that he told her of future. Verse 23 says, The hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. Do you worship God in spirit and in truth? Meaning this, do you come to church and you say, Lord, I want you to speak to my heart. When the preacher gets to preach, I want to sense your Holy Spirit Speaking to me, it might be something the preacher doesn't even say out of his lips. I want to hear from God, I want to hear from you, Lord. Worship in spirit and in truth. And in truth, now, folks, today we didn't have a lot of music, uh, we we did a lot of other things. We didn't have the choir sing, we didn't have a special uh, before the message. Oh, no, we didn't worship. You know, you can can worship in a room, gather together with three or four people, open the Bible and pray, and tell God how thankful you are to be a Christian and how thankful you are that heaven's your home and that he's given us his word. And they're one day going to see him. If the worst thing happens to us, the best thing that ever took place in our entire life, we're going to see Jesus face to face, breathe heavenly air. Amen. Amen. And just thank him for his goodness. Worship him. Tell people the truth tell them in love tell them in love but don't uh uh don't don't uh, mealy mouth the truth the lord jesus did not water down the truth when he told her he said by the way and the man that you have right now is not your husband <laughs> you know it's known but she didn't think that he knew it you know that god knows everything he knows what happens in the in the, in the corners his personal condition, the powerful connection. And last, I want you to see the public confession. The public confession. Look at, at verse number 29. We find that, that, that she, she, well, let's look at verse 28. The woman then left her water pot. Pause there a moment. What did she come there to the well for? Tell me. Water. And Jesus told her, if you knew who it was that spoken to thee, you would ask me for living water. And you would never thirst again. Well, she's focused on the physical and said, well, you know, <laughs> how can you get the water? You can't draw it. And all this, he had to ask me for it, and, and he had to turn her attention to the spiritual thing, spiritual realm. And once she put it together that he was Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the Holy One of Israel, the promised one of Almighty God, once she put that together, and she put her faith and trust in him, she forgot about all her other needs. She left the water pot. She got the living water. And the Bible says in verse uh, verse number 28, And went her way into the city, and saith to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Come see this man. I mean, hey, this is... She began telling him, telling him. She testified of Christ to others, told them about Jesus. You know, probably one of the clearest examples and the clearest uh, evidences of someone that is saved is they tell others about Jesus. Do you tell others about Jesus? Do you love him in that way? You know, I've told people about Chloe. She's uh, youngest, newest granddaughter. You know why? Because I love her. Do you tell people about Jesus? Maybe we don't love Jesus the way we really should, or else he'd be on the tip of our tongue. She went back and she didn't care if people thought about her. She didn't care about if they, if they would not believe her. She was going to just, her heart is overflowing and bubbling. She's telling others. You will have to admit that some of you are surprised how receptive people are to the truth and to, and to compassion and to love and kindness. You'd, be, you'd have to admit some of you are surprised when you gave out those Journey Through Christmas tickets how, how amazingly receptive they were. And that had no gospel message on it. Please make sure that you've got gospel tracks. We've got them back there. We've got tons of them uh, uh, available. Have them ready, have them available. Maybe you can't witness to them. Maybe that track will witness at midnight that night after you've long since gone. His personal condition. I, I would come on tuesday night and i'd be a soldier of the cross and i'd take some of those visits and follow-ups i i would do all those things and things but you have to understand i'm just plumb worn out jesus was tired his personal condition and whenever he met somebody there was a powerful connection and then there was a public confession i want you to call, call your attention there's one last thing his disciples now, where were they when all this happened? They went to Publix. Because Chick fil A was closed. Everybody knows the disciples always go to Chick fil A. I'm teasing. They went and they, they brought back food. And all this happened and took place, and she is leaving as they are coming. How many disciples does it take to go to the grocery store? 12. They all went. Everybody missed this. You know, when you're not around when Jesus shows up, you miss a great blessing. You miss a great blessing. And all they had was questions. Why are you talking to that Samaritan woman? You shouldn't be doing that. That's not you know. He just smiled. Say, here, here, go ahead and eat, go ahead and eat. He said, not hungry. Somebody else come with food? No. I have meat to eat that you know not of. When God does something through you, it's as if that the physical needs of this world pale in comparison to the satisfaction that God gives. Trust Him, serve Him. They still don't have a clue. So he talked to them a little bit. He says, some of you are, are going to reap where you haven't sown. When you hand someone a gospel tract, when you give someone a witness, and that person miraculously gets saved. Let me tell you something, it wasn't because you were the greatest evangelist in all the world, it's because some grandmother has been witnessing and sowing seed and, and giving the gospel and some Sunday school teacher gave the word of God and some preacher faithfully gave the gospel and all the way through, the Holy Spirit is moving upon that person's heart and then you come along and you obey God and God says, give them a nudge and that's all they needed to get saved. Wow, what a great soul winner I am. No, 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 no. God just said, give them a nudge. He says, you're entering into their work. And one day, God's going to level the playing field. And the person who had the privilege of praying with that, that, uh, that teenager or that mom or dad and lead them to Christ, is going to get the same reward that Sunday school teacher did and that grandmother did and so on and so forth because we're all part of the harvest. And he says, say not unto yourselves, there's four months yet unto harvest. Now, in the Bible, the harvest is referred to as the judgment. That's the picture. It's a picture of, of coming in with a sickle and taking of the wheat. I've got time, preacher. You know, we, we do soldiers of the cross every week. Tuesday night visitation, 6.30. I can't make it this Tuesday, but I'll, I'll make it probably sometime in February as soon as I get some things worked out and some things, you know, all handled. And, you know, I, 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 as soon as I get my, my work changed and all this kind of thing, as soon as I can get a babysitter and as soon as I can do this and do that. And, by the way, I can come up with a bunch of excuses if you run out of any. <laughs> I can, I can help you. I've heard a lot. I've given some of them. It says, "Say not ye that there are four months yet into harvest." As I look out there, the barley wheat, the barley wheat, was growing, and it was green like grass. When harvest time comes, it turns golden. And in the sun, it reflected, and it sometimes looks white. When they were looking at it right now, it was green. So what was he saying? What was he talking about as he's he's telling his disciples, explaining himself, what took place while they were gone? says, look on the fields. Look, look, look. They are white, all ready to harvest. I believe what Jesus saw was the town coming out to meet Jesus. And as they came, and they had their heads covered in in, in the white, you know, for the sun not to beat upon them. And all through the field, here comes these people, droves of people. And he says, look, look on the fields. They are white, all ready to harvest. The judgment is coming. And many believed on Jesus that day. Because Jesus, in a personal condition, when he was tired, tuckered, torn up, he took time for one dear lady, one soul, one person. One person makes a difference. One person. That one person led to a citywide revival. It wasn't like those that that, uh, had the swine and, and begged Jesus to to leave their city, they came came out and he stayed for a couple days and he ministered to them because of one person. The one person that God moves upon your heart to see saved, that person can affect many, many souls. Look on the fields. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so very much for your love, your your devotion to us, your sacrifice for us. And, Lord, without you, I am nothing. I can do nothing. And without you, I am worth nothing. But with you, in control of me, Lord, I'm just a glove that you can use in a mighty way. I invite you to put me on. I invite you, Lord, to put on the Loose County Baptist Church like a glove. Lord, use us to touch people to look on the fields. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. There are some people seated here that you do not know Jesus in the personal way we're talking about, like this lady met Jesus. She's just like the rest of us. She's a sinner in need of a savior. We can just pause with the music just for a moment. Thank you so very much. If your life ended when that music ended, where would you be right now? You'd begin your eternity, and where would that be? In heaven or in hell? If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, it would be in heaven. If you don't know him in the personal way of salvation, it would be in hell. That is the truth would you pray and ask Jesus to come into your heart and life to forgive your sins he will save your soul if God is speaking to your heart right now let me do what I would do if I were sitting in your living room on your couch right beside you I would lead you in a prayer something like this but if you pray it to God and mean it God will save you today pray from your heart right now would you dear Lord Jesus I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose again, proving that you're the Son of God. I ask you to come into my heart and my life and save my soul. I'm trusting you, Jesus, to take me to heaven when I die. Thank you, Lord, for saving me.